Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt and I hope you're having a great day so far. I am so pleased you've joined me for this week's edition of the show and this morning Susan Keys from SCART will be stopping by to tell us about yet another fun and educational pet event that her organization is putting on. Then in the second half of our program, Bob Lyons has some pool safety tips that every pet owner should know about. All this and more are coming right up, so stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I am very happy to welcome back to the show for the fifth or sixth time now, our old friend, actually our young friend, Susan Keys. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, and thank you for having me back. <laughs> I've lost track of how many times you've been on, but it's always such a pleasure to have you here because you have such great information from the Southern California Animal Response Team. And I know that's a change from your old name, which was, what was that again? Surf City Animal Response. Ah, that's right, that's right. Why did you make that change to SoCal Animal Response Team? We have members in five counties, L.A., Riverside, San Bernardino, Orange County, and San Diego. We thought that SoCal was a better representation of our current membership. Okay, okay. So Surf City is gone. Kind of sad, but... (laughs) Our dog is still on the surfboard. Okay, okay. (laughs) And let's remind everybody what the Southern California Animal Response Team does. Well, we were founded by a group of animal-loving citizens dedicated to caring for animals in disasters. We've been a nonprofit since 2005, and basically what we do is respond to animals' needs in a disaster. Okay, and... What kind of disasters are we potentially looking at here in Southern California? Fires, floods, earthquakes. We know those are not that far off in our future. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing this for a while. Do you feel that most pet owners are prepared at this point with all the constant press and media, be prepared, be prepared? Do you think they're actually taking that to heart? I don't think so at this time because we go so far in between disasters that it's easy for people to forget. And we're definitely going to be facing some serious fire issues this year, I think, with all the rain that we had and all the plant growth and now all the heat that's drying it all out. I think uh, we're definitely setting up a situation where we're going to have some pretty serious fires. Yes, it's definitely going to be an issue this year. And if you're not home and your little area gets evacuated, that could be a problem unless you take some steps ahead of time. What kind of steps would you recommend? Well, you need to make arrangements with neighbors or somebody that can come in and evacuate your pet if you're not there. One of the other things is having the window decals, letting firefighters and law enforcement know that you have pets inside. And do firefighters and law enforcement 
actually help out the animals if they see those stickers, or are they kind of business only? They got to get through and do what they need to do for people. No, they will help the animals. You'll see that on the news all the time. So yes, they do go in and help the animals. Oh, that's good. And that's probably about the time that your organization gets called in too. We would be called in if they needed a temporary animal shelter set up. Okay. And you have all the supplies you need for that, or are you trying to get more supplies or more funds to get more supplies? We're always trying to get more supplies. We do have a storage unit full of supplies, and we are trying to get more donations. We're actually looking to get a trailer that we can keep our supplies in where we can just load it up and go very quickly. Oh, that would be great. So you're probably planning a big fundraiser then to help meet that goal. Yes, we are. Tell me about that. Well, it's our sixth annual pet fair in the park. Mm -hmm. We have moved it to Long Beach Marine Stadium this year. Oh, how fun. I love the Long Beach Marine Stadium. Yes, a nice, wonderful, cool breeze in August will be an added touch to the area. And what kind of activities do you have planned? Well, one of the things that we're doing, we are having a dog contest this year, and we thought the best disaster-ready dog contest would be (laughs) a neat idea because... People need to have their pets disaster prepared. And what are the qualifications? If somebody wanted to win this contest, what are they going to have to do to show that their dog is ready to win? Whoever, we're going with the small, medium, and large-sized dogs, Mm -hmm. and it's how well the dog is equipped, and it can be anywhere from booties and goggles to a backpack. It's going to be a fun contest because we don't know what people will show up with. (laughs) So you're looking for creativity, but realistically, what should somebody have ready to go for their pets? Well, things that they need to have, obviously, is food and water, mm-hmm. but also chew toys. It'll help keep the pet busy and less stress. Snacks, blankets. Pets are very comfortable when they have something with their own scent in it, especially if they've been moved to a different environment that they're strange. So you don't want to have a bag set up that has freshly laundered blankets and towels. You want some of their old favorites. Old favorites, and I actually tell people maybe something with your scent on it in the event that they're in one shelter and you're in a shelter in a different location. At least they have something familiar. We all have pets who like to sleep in our laundry. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And then what about if a pet is a senior pet, it's on medication, what sort of things should we do to prepare for them? You actually need to have pet information in your your disaster pack that provides, if they end up in a shelter, if they're vaccinated, that information is in there. You don't want to have to have your pet revaccinated in the shelter, but that can happen if there's no records. Medication, you want to have that in your disaster kit. If for some reason you're evacuated quickly, you want to have the information so when the animal is checked into the shelter, they know up front, these are the medications, this is the type of food. Okay. You're always so well-versed on these things. Is there a course, let's say somebody wanted to volunteer with SCART, do you offer classes so that everybody can become as well-versed as you are? We actually will go into an organization, any type of business, and do one- to two-hour presentations on disaster preparedness for pets. Oh, fabulous. How could somebody have one of these presentations at their organization? All they have to do is contact us at our website. We have an email address directly linked to the website. And what address is that? The website is www.sc. 
C-A-R-T dot U-S. And the email would be info at SCART dot U-S. Okay, those are all real easy to remember. And if you wanted to volunteer and become a member of SCART, how did you go about doing that? You can actually find the membership information on our website. Okay. And the information, we look for a lot of information, but if you have not taken any type of training, we'll try and provide as much training as possible, and then there's wonderful training programs you can actually do online. What kind of time commitment is involved for potential volunteers? Well, it varies. We have a lot of our volunteers that are involved with a variety of other animal organizations. So the only time we might have interaction with them would be in a disaster. We make the training classes throughout the whole year to give them the opportunity to continue. So you could be called if you become a volunteer. You could be called at any time to help out with a mobile emergency emergency shelter then. Uh, yes, you can. And basically what you're going to do is, based on your skill level, will be the type of responsibility you'll be provided or given at that time. Okay. And... Do you take all animals at your facilities? I can't remember. Or is it just dogs and cats? It would be primarily dogs and cats unless we had experienced handlers of various other reptiles, okay, pot-bellied pigs and whatever else that somebody might have. But typically dogs and cats. What about maybe livestock, rabbits. horses? Livestock, oh. what we would do is redirect them to another shelter. There are groups that actually specialize in that. If there isn't one available, then what we would do is probably find a holding area and contact the rescue to come pick them up. Okay. Let's talk some more about your fundraiser that's coming up, your annual pet fair in the park. Since this is going to be at the Marine Stadium, do you have any water activities planned? What What are some of the fun things that you've got going on for the day? Well, there's actually going to be an agility test that the dogs can go through. We'll also have canine dish thrills performing for us. Ah. We will be offering the pet microchipping again this year. It's $20, includes registration. Oh, what a deal. We do have a low-cost vaccine, mobile vaccine clinic that's coming in. They'll be providing low-cost dog and cat vaccinations. Okay. And you're going to have some of the local rescues and shelters there also? Yes, they will be allowed to bring dogs this year that are available for adoption. Oh, yay. (laughs) Anybody that's interested in adopting would fill out the paperwork there, and then the rescue would work out the details with visits, in-home visits. Okay, okay. Every shelter and every rescue has a little bit different way of their adoption policies and procedures of handling those things, so... If you find a pet that you like, you just need to talk to the people at the booth, and they'll give you all the information you need to know. But I bet there's going to be plenty of wonderful animals there that are looking for homes. There are always a lot of dogs that are looking for homes. So it's great to see when people are interested in adopting them. Are you going to have any food there, or should people bring a picnic lunch? Uh, We're actually talking to food vendors. We have that option of having food vendors this year. Oh, that'll be great. And what are, you, what are you looking at in terms of menu? <laughs> I we know actually, a lot of people think about that when they're planning their weekends. We're actually looking at a, a, a variety of different vendors. It's some of what's going to be whoever's available, but a variety of foods, maybe something that's quick and easy like hamburgers. We'll try and have a vendor that will also provide some sort of vegetarian meals. 
we'd love to have somebody that provided doggy snacks and that maybe doggy nice. ice cream. So we're still working on those details. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. And I'm assuming that there'll be plenty of uh, water for the dogs to drink once they're down there, the little mobile water stations. Yes, we always have that. That's outstanding. Susan, it's such a pleasure to talk with you, and I want to wish you good luck for this event. I hope it's just spectacular. Well, thank you very much. We have to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in just a moment with more Pet Place Radio here on AM1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'd like to welcome Bob Lyons now. Hi, Bob. How are you? Hello, Marie. I understand that you have developed a very special product that will help pet owners maintain a safe pool for their pets. Well, it wasn't developed for pet owners, but yeah, it sure helps keep uh, pets safe near pools and that's because a drowning is quick and silent for pets, just as it is for young children. And it uh, doesn't matter that they can swim or not, yeah. they still drown. Well, I know that dogs in particular, even if they're outstanding swimmers, if they get into a pool, sometimes they don't know how to get back out of the pool, and that's where the problem comes in, and then they get tired. Exactly, and the, and the uh, smaller dogs will even panic because they can't get a grip on the side of the pool. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens when, when panic sets in. Oh, sure. There are also some pools in which escape is not physically possible, but, but the real problem is dogs not trained to get out, and it can be quick and, quick and silent for them as well. Wow, and that would just be so horrible to find your beloved pet out in the pool and under these circumstances. I can't even imagine. And... You've developed something called a safety turtle? Yes. What is that? Well, in the jargon of the ASTM standard on pool alarms, safety turtle is a personal immersion alarm. And it's a turtle sensor that's worn on a child or a pet or an adult. Uh, and it, um, trans- it detects immersion in water, transmits a radio signal instantaneously to a base station, which alarms, makes an audible alarm. Okay, so and, uh, it would set off an alarm in the house then, right? It's at your choosing, but to, with a backyard pool, you have it in, in the house normally, that's right. Okay, is there a way that you can have it alert your cell phone so that if you're away, you could call a neighbor and say, quick, run over to my backyard? Well, there is, and actually we've done that a few times, but I have to emphasize drowning is not only silent, it's quick. Yeah, that's so, true. So uh, if nobody's at home, if nobody's there, uh, this isn't necessarily going to solve the problem because you don't expect to find your pet having a swim and waiting for you to come and get her. Okay, okay. But actually the, the good thing with a pet is at least it can swim for the most part, usually, not always, but usually most dogs can swim. So if you get that alarm on your cell phone and you have networked with your neighbors and they all know your pets, which we always encourage everybody to do all the time is to talk to your neighbors, introduce them to your pets. That way, if there ever is an emergency, somebody could go over and, and help out. And so if you get the alert on your cell phone and your neighbor's home, they could rush on over and, and help your pet get it, out of the it, pool. It, 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 it might work. I actually have two dogs, and mm-hmm. they both can swim. Mm-hmm. And one of them's older, but uh, she's a good swimmer, not, not naturally as good a swimmer. Uh, very smart dog, but she'll turn to the nearest side of the pool, and, and she won't last long. 
my other dog, which is uh, younger and kind of more carefree, uh, she'll swim around and around. So, yeah, she, she'd, she'd last. One would last and the other wouldn't. Now, bigger dogs will hang on to the pool, if they, even if they can't get out. So, yeah, uh, better late than never, but i I got to emphasize that it can be really fast. Okay. Is this product available everywhere? I know that you're in Canada, is, and we're here in the United States. Can anybody order the safety turtle? Well, anybody can order it. It's sold all around the world. Oh, wow. And right. is it online only, or is no, it in no. store? No, no. I'm referring to online. We, we sell it online, and there are, there are a number of other um, Internet vendors out there, and you could Google it and find find one, uh, you know, get it from a reputable one. Um, but it tends to be sold in pool stores. That's the avenue, the channeling that initially was set up for Safety Turtle. Well, and again, targeting parents and uh, grandparents with, with young children, mm-hmm. and the pet owners just kind of grabbed onto that. And, okay. and these, these uh, pool dealers are not necessarily that familiar with the problem of pet drowning. They've become recently much more familiar with the problem of child drowning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sold in PetSmart for a number of years, and it's not available there anymore. So, okay. um, But you can, you can find it online for sure, and your local pool dealer probably knows about it, if, if not has it in stock. Do you have your own website? Yes. And what is that website called? Uh, and I urge people to go there first and get the information. It's www.safetyturtle.com. Okay. And is there a space or an underscore or anything between no. safety and turtle? No. No. Okay. So just all one word, safetyturtle.com. And do these just affix directly onto a collar like a tag? How does it work? Well, I'm going to mention the I mentioned the children and the pets. They're, they use the same sensor, which is a turtle. It looks like a piece of plastic. It's, it's been attractively designed for children. It's small enough for even small dogs. Uh, it has arms on it. And mm-hmm. in the case of a child, it comes with a locking wrist strap. Okay. And that can be used on a pet collar, but the best way is to get it with this, we call it a pet adapter strap. It's a short, very strong Velcro strap that will attach it to their existing collar transversely so it it's flush on their collar and it won't move, that's the best solution. Okay. And does it matter? I know that a lot of times a collar swivels around a dog's neck. Does it need to be under their chin to be No, it can be, it can be anywhere on the collar, uh, particularly if it's, not dang, you know, if it's dangling, it'll, like on a wrist strap, it'll always go to the bottom of the collar and it might if there's a second dog, uh, they might grab it or it might go in the drinking bowl or something. But it doesn't matter with the pet strap really where it ends up. Okay, that's good. That's good. And how did you develop this? Was there a reason? Did you have a situation in your own life that caused you to be interested in doing something about it? I've had several experiences, personal experiences, that kind of were in my mind for a long period of time. I guess the most dramatic of which was a friend, a young daughter. She was a one-year-old, uh, fell in the pool, and we used thermal blankets up in Canada, and she was under the thermal blanket. Mm-hmm. And basically she was there for 20 minutes and, oh. and, uh, and rescued and, and, and survived, but with some, wow. uh, some physical brain damage, uh, so mental. And, 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 and that I see them to this day, so that... That's a, that's a haunting reminder in my own experience as a parent, and, and as well, I'm a near-drowning victim. So I, I had a lot of, a lot going on there. Oh, wow. But I wasn't thinking of pets. I, I own two dogs now, but at the time, I didn't see the point of having a dog whatsoever. But my children introduced me to uh, a couple of dogs, well, one in particular, and, uh, and I found out what it's like uh, <laughs> with bulls and dogs, and I can understand why we were selling so many of these to uh-huh. pet owners. 
Okay. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What, you know, aside from the safety turtle, what steps can pet owners take in general to make sure that their pets don't end up in the pool? Uh, there's really two directions that you can take, and you can take both of them. Uh, you've put your finger on one of them, which is to keep your pet out of the pool. It's uh, The chlorine is definitely not good for them. Okay. Um, so you, it's, it's the same as for children. It's uh, layers of protection. Uh, with layers of protection with children, there's a tremendous emphasis on supervision, never, you know, never take your eye off them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's really emphasized with pets. Uh, and the other thing is safety control is so darn effective with pets if you're home. I guess if you're not home, you better be darn sure they don't have a doggy door to get out there because they will fall in for various reasons. They do fall in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but if you're there and you're wearing a turtle, you will rescue them. Uh, doggy doors are a problem, and they're a problem also for young children in the house. So you know, they shouldn't lead to a pool. Okay. Dogs shouldn't be allowed to go to a pool on their own, uh, period. What about putting up oh, a sorry, gate? Sorry, there's another way to go, though, completely. And, okay. And, and, and you said keep your pet out of the pool. Another approach, or an, a secondary approach, is you do take your dog in the pool, and you train your dog to get out. That Just makes like you train, a lot of train children to swim, mm-hmm. they don't swim alone, but mm-hmm. they learn to swim. Show them where the stairs are, get them real familiar with the landscape yes, of the pool. Yes, yes. If, if they're and trained and they're really trained, then they, then they will survive on their own, providing the pool is sufficiently pet-friendly and they're physically capable. Of How about installing some some ramps that are specifically designed for pets? Is there anything like that available? Yes, there's a couple of products. There's one called Scamper Ramp. Now, that will make a non-pet-friendly pool, one with vertical steps, pet-friendly. Okay. Um, it also is visible above the water line, so there's... You know, more of a chance that an untrained pet will grab onto it and possibly escape. But, uh, again, I emphasize if they're not trained, they'll see that uh, scamper ramp, and they may do nothing about it but drown. So, okay. uh, yeah, there is a product out in the market uh, for pools that does that. So the very best thing, if I'm understanding you right, is get your pet into the pool and teach them how to get out of the pool on a regular basis so that it's second nature in the event he ever accidentally falls in. That's the ultimate solution to drowning, but let me just mention that once you do that, they'll be going in. The, if, if they don't like it, they won't want to go in, and you'll have trouble training them, which is not bad. Uh-huh. But if they do like it, they'll be going in at every opportunity, <laughs> whether you want them to or not. And uh-huh. I have to say the chlorine is not good for them. They, they, yeah. they drink it, and it's not good for them. So if you have a salt chlorinated pool, that's great. Mm-hmm. But you better be prepared to have your pet in the pool if you go out. <laughs> <laughs> which some people like. They, that's all, that's yeah. all cool off. They yeah. do get hot, so. Uh-huh. And, and I understand uh, even where you're at in Canada, it's quite hot right now. <laughs> yeah, it's very hot, and I can only imagine what it is in the Midwest and places I'm hearing about, where, where this weather is coming from, by the way. I know that a lot of jurisdictions around here require that complete fences be built around backyard poles. Isolation fences, right. Exactly. So would you recommend that people, even if they're not, living in an area that requires that, that they go ahead and take those extra steps? A lot of pet owners, uh, with, you know, without any children in sight, have, have taken that step just to protect their, their cherished pet. Um, you know, I, I think that's an individual decision. Uh, you, you know, some might say that's overkill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, it's up to, your, you know, up to yourself. But, but certainly if there are children involved, um, you know, there's a reason why some places are requiring it. It's not, but it's not. Nothing is a silver bullet, and particularly for children, I have mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a reason why uh, there is isolation fencing, 
uh, as opposed to just property fencing and you know the, the side of your house um, the side of your house is just less secure and particularly if you've got barbecues and stuff in the backyard it, it's not nearly as secure as a four-sided fence okay tell me the safety turtle you, you call it an isolation device how does it actually operate does it have to be completely submerged um, well it, it has to be immersed okay uh, splashing unless it's heavy splashing doesn't set it off and actually on a pet it's great because you don't have to take it on uh, put it on take it off you know when you bathe them you take off the collar with children when you're bathing them of course you take the sensor off their wrist and then mm -hmm. you put it on um, but it needs to be uh, about half immersed in order to trigger okay and they're battery operated there's a non-replaceable uh, battery. It's very low current consumption. It lasts for four years, and there's a low battery test. And when it is no longer lasting, well, when it fails the battery test after three or four or five years, then you just get it replaced. Okay. The turtle, the, the, the receiver's fine. It, it, it doesn't have a life like that. Okay, so the, the receiver probably operates on just plugging it in. Yeah, that's house. right. Okay. And there is an external battery pack for that, but it's rechargeable and... Uh, doesn't affect the base. Should you physically check the safety turtle, though, just to make sure it's it's functioning? Oh, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a if you get one, there's a prescribed regime for setup, which is pretty simple. But before you put a, a, a sensor on anybody, you, you you go to to the pool and you immerse it and you make sure that it's working, and then you periodically immerse it in water to make sure it's not only working but its its battery is healthy. Okay, and if it does get immersed. Are there any requirements for maintenance at that point? No, you just um, just pull it up. When you take it out, it's got water clinging to it, so you just absorb that water with a paper towel, and uh, within um, you know, within a number of seconds, it'll stop uh, alarming or okay. beeping. But but you also have to acknowledge the alarm because it, it doesn't assume that you heard it, so it won't shut up okay. until you press a button. And that's if you're away, you're going to have that alarm on for a while. But okay. it's in the house. I guess it's not going to disturb too many people, but no, it has to be acknowledged as well. Bob, this sounds like a must-have product for pet owners everywhere, so thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate the opportunity, um, Marie, and uh, yeah, it, for pet owners, I, <laughs> I, I make it, but I also recommend it, and I use it myself. Excellent. We need to take a short break, but we'll be right back here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. Don't go away. the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Mark your calendars for the Southern California Animal Response Team's sixth annual pet fair in the park to be held at Marine Stadium in Long Beach on August 21st from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Admission is free to the public, and you've heard all the details a little earlier on the show from our guest, Susan Keyes. But just as a reminder, this pet fair will include a Best Disaster Ready Dog Contest, low-cost pet microchipping and vaccines, disaster preparedness information, pet products, and information on pet adoptions from local shelters and rescues. He'll be attending along with their adoptable critters who will try to win you over. It's going to be a great day at the harbor, but be sure to wear some sunscreen. That's all for me today. Remember... Pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets. 
and have a wonderful day. Thank you.